0: to the church online, amen. And you're kind of like, amen. Hey, man. I know, man, we got a date. We're shooting for July 12th. You already know this. You need to be joining us in prayer as we as we pursue that moment, that time, all right? That 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 opening so that God will allow us to gather again, once again, because it's gonna happen. We already know that. And, and so we're pr- we're pressing into that date. All right, July 12th. Come on, man. If you haven't seen the announcement, you need to rewind where you're at right now. Can you rewind video? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you can do it. All right, you need to do that. Go back, see that announcement we gave at the beginning of this of this uh, of this service. It's pretty awesome what God's getting ready to do and how you're going to be involved. But here's what I do know. All right that we can't just sit around and just kind of wait for that date to get here, man, because there's things that need to get done right here and right now. There is a lot that is happening out there right now. There is a lot that is happening in the world right now, and I guarantee you it requires a lot to happen right here within within this body of Christ, within this local body of Christ, within his church. There is so much that needs to happen right now. Why? Because we need to be the response We need to be the response, all right, to what is happening in our world right now. We are the first responders, man, of the world. We're actually the pre-responders because we're supposed to be praying our way into all these situations that's taking place in our world right now. All right, but we need, God has called us to to, to be that pre-responder and that first responder of what is taking place in our world. But here's what I know, this requires internal strength, internal strength, before it requires external focus. we're so ready to go out, I can see, I can see, I can see all these things that need changing. But before that, it requires an internal strength within the body of Christ, all right? Because I know, and I've told you this before, and I don't know who said it first, but it was pretty cool. They said, alone, you can go faster, Alone, you can, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can probably cover a lot of ground real quick, but together, we can go farther. Together, we can make a much bigger difference. Why? Because we are better together, man. We're better together. You know this. The headlines, right? The top stories today, when you just open them up, they all seem to be pointing to the same two things, Right? Number 1 there's this virus out there that's constantly trying to tell the people of God that their prayers don't matter. Well, that's a lie. We're going to keep on pressing in. We're going to keep on fasting. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on just 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 knocking, seeking, asking, and we're going to keep doing all of that. And God is going to bring an end to this. You're going to see it. It's going to pass. We know that the other story, the other headline that we constantly are being inundated with are these stories, man, that are just out there about racism. Stories of prejudice, stories of discrimination and antagonism, all right? Stories of people being judged by what's on the outside without even giving them an opportunity to see what's on the inside. Alright, right? We're being judged by their color. We're being judged because they put our uniform on. We're being judged because they carry a sign. We're being judged because they don't carry a sign. We're being judged. All these different things, man. And we're not paying attention to what's on the inside. Here's what I know, man. I know we have to pursue this question. How can we? All right, how can us right here, man, how can we show the world that if you are possessed by prejudice and hate, that you are the one who is a prisoner? I didn't make that up. Ravi Z did that one, man. But how can we show the world that? How can we show the world, man, that if, if, if you're possessed by prejudices, if you're possessed by hate, that you're the one who's actually the prisoner? You see the greatest miracle today, the greatest miracles today aren't the ones of, of, of healing and 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 you know and restoration of of, of health and and and, and 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 life. Those are great miracles. I just witnessed an amazing one. I brought my son Joe home yesterday. and it's, Some of you know what's been going on with him. Fell off a roof, cracked his head in a few places. Brain was bleeding, busted his ribs, collapsed the lung, broken collarbone, broken shoulder blade. All right, they thought he was going to be in the hospital for the m- most of the rest of this year. They thought they were going to have to teach him how to talk again and how to walk again, man. And I watched God completely, is, is completely restoring his mind and his faculties. Came home yesterday, the doctors themselves are saying, well, this is amazing. Yes, it is, because that's how God, that's God. God is amazing, amen? Those are great miracles, but those aren't the greatest miracles God is doing today. You wanna to know the greatest miracle that God does today? The greatest miracle that God does today, all right, is that God himself can change the heart of hate into a heart of love. That is the greatest miracle you will see God do in a human life where he changes the heart of hate into a heart of love. Those are the kind of miracles I want to see. Those are the kind of miracles we should be pursuing. And I think we have the picture of what the world could look like if, if, if the world truly chose to love first. If the world truly chose to love first, I think we, the church, have an amazing Picture of what the world could look like. We got something to show the world, man. We just do. But the problem is, is too often, man, we get caught up in the wrong conversations, all right? We get caught up in, even in the church. Our church is better than that church. This church is better than that church. That church is not good because of this. That person's a better Christian than you're a better Christian. And it's not about that. There we are. We're getting caught in those comparisons, all right, that God never intended for his church. This is not about personalities. It's not about superstar churches. Here's what I know, man, that the church is marked by an unspoken desire for uniformity, even though it does not admit it. It it has this unspoken desire for uniformity. Then Jesus never intended that. This idea of you need to be like me. I want to be like you. No, we need to be like Jesus. That's who we need to be like. You want to be like someone, be like Christ. Paul said this, imitate me, but only as I imitate Christ. And eventually I'm going to get out of the picture and you just imitate Jesus, amen? Come on, you know that I'm talking right to you, man, because he's talking right to me. And I know this, all right? And I've been having this prayer all morning. Lord God, we're going to bring the sacrifice. You bring the the fire. You bring the fire, amen? Praise the Lord. I know he's talking to us. All right, we, we have, this, we have this, 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 this thing that we love to say about ourselves. We love to say that we're so diverse. The church is so diverse, all right? And yet we promote this uniformity. And I don't think, I just, I know that's not what Jesus had in mind, all right? Because we need to show the world something different. Constantly throughout the world, you're seeing this. No, you need to be like this. No, you need to think like this. No, you need to, no, 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 no. We just need to show them Jesus. That's what we need to show them, Jesus. Check this out, man. You ever wondered what the original church looked like? You ever wondered what it, what it actually looked, what the, what the original church looked like, the first church? How about, how about the ones that Jesus himself picked? all right, to start, all right, he handpicked 12 dudes, all right, he handpicked 12 dudes, how, you ever wonder what they looked like, all right, you ever wondered if if you knew them today, if you were kind of interacting with them in the moment, you ever wonder if you want to be like them, if you'd want to look like them, if you really know who they were, if you really knew what they were about. You ever, you ever, you ever wonder what, you know, if you've been able to, or would you, if if when you looked at them, would you try to pick them apart? Would you try to find out their faults only because they're not like you or they don't measure up to your standards of what it means to be a man or woman of God? You ever wonder if you'd had anything in common with them? And I know you go to those, you, we, we go to those, those, those common things. Yeah, we have a lot in common with them. We, we believed <clears throat> what, what, they, what they believed, right? We believed with the early, with the first disciples, the apostles of Jesus Christ. We believe what they believe, right? I mean, we're not too much different, all right? We, there is some kind of uniformity. No, there isn't no uniformity. There is unity in what we believe. And here's, you know, I got to ask you this question, ma'am. Do you really believe what they believe? Because they gave up their reputations for it. They gave up their reputations for what they believed. And they lived completely in what they believed 24 seven and what they believed. And maybe you say, whoa, 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 we love Jesus like they love Jesus, do you? Because they died loving for Christ, sharing that love for Christ. They died in their love for Christ, not willing to deny Christ, not for one second, not for one moment. Whoa, 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 we at least know we're loved, all well, right, by the same dad like they do. Yeah, we, we, we do. We know. And I'm not saying that we don't believe what they believe. And I'm not saying that we don't love Jesus. I'm just challenging our comparisons. Because, because the world is really, really heavy on comparisons right now, right? And they're making a big, big, big bunch of noise about it, man. People are getting hurt. People are dying, all right, all over in all these different areas for all these stupid reasons, People should not be dying over this right now. If you want to die for something, die for Christ, for the glory of Christ, all right, so that people will lift up Christ. Go to these countries where people don't know Jesus and give your life for Jesus. You know what I mean? Whatever that takes, all right? But right now, this is crazy. People need to know. That they can know Jesus and they need to see what Jesus looks like through his people. They need to know what does it mean, all right, to, 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 to believe in this Christ who died and rose again, all right, to save every one of us from our sin. What does it look like to love him back? What does it look like to actually be loved by our father in heaven? Here's what I got to challenge you with. It doesn't look like us, you know, saying, hey, you know, we're better, you're better, and you're not right, and we're right. You know what I mean? There are way too many divisions in the church. I'm talking to the church right now. I'm not talking to the world out there. I'm not talking to all the people doing whatever they're doing. I'm talking to us. We have a responsibility right now. All right? We need to respond to what's taking place in the world right now. And we can't do it alone. We have to do it together. We can't do it by comparing ourselves to one another. We have to do it by trying to imitate Christ together and loving one another. The word is unity, not uniformity, but unity. Too often, we get caught up. We get those two mixed up, man. And what I'm trying to tell you about these disciples that Jesus picked is like, you know what? He didn't pick them because they all looked alike. He didn't pick them because they were all alike. Four of them were kind of had the same profession. Four of them were fishermen. The first four he picked, all right, Andrew, all right, John, all right, those were the first two that started following him. They were following John the Baptist. They saw Jesus, and he's like, what do you want? And they were bold enough to say, we want to go where you're going, man. And he said, well, come on. And then they were bold enough, Andrew was bold enough to go get his brother, uh, Peter, all right? And you know, Mr. Foot in the mouth, Mr. Spontaneous, Mr. Ready, Fire, Aim, uh, uh, Peter, total personality of his own, all right? And John, the one who he's just totally all about loving Jesus and being loved by God, went and got his brother, James, both very, very bolsterous, all right, in their, in their approach for God. All right, they were the ones that were kind of alike, but then there were some other guys, all right? There was this dude, Philip, all right? He had a homeboy named Nathaniel, all right? Philip started following Jesus, went and got his buddy Nathaniel. Nathaniel put it to the test. He says, wait a second, I'm not sure anything good could come out of Nazareth. And, and, and then he sees Jesus, he's like, man, you're the son of the living God. You're him. You're saying they're still kind of alike. Well, there was, there was, there was a couple of guys that were nothing alike. There was a dude named Matthew, Jesus went and picked this guy right out of the crowd. Matthew was a tax collector. He was a Jew who was hated by the Jews. He was a Jew who was hated by his own people. Why? Because he taxed his own people. He made them pay for things that they didn't owe. All right? And he kept, the, he kept all the profits for himself. And, you know, he was just, he, he, was, he threw wild parties. All right? He hung out with wild women and wild dudes. All right? And it was crazy. Jesus says, I need you, I choose you. Would you have chosen Matthew? Probably not. Maybe some of you might have. There's another cat named, named Simon. He was what, what they called a zealot. Basically, he was a political, all right, anarchist. That's what he was, all right? He could, he could have easily went into politics or, or started a revolution. He was ready to just just gear up Israel to fight, the, to fight the Romans, to just fight the oppression. He was the one out there. He was carrying the signs. Matthew and, 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 and Simon would have been the least likely to be get along on a team, but Jesus picked both of them and says, "Get along." And they did. Not only did they get along, they fell in love with each other, because they were in love with Jesus. Neither one of them said, "You shouldn't be in this circle. Why? Because they're in love with Jesus. They were so different. But they were totally unified. The one thing that we can glean by this team that Jesus picked, the one thing that we can see that is totally imitation worthy is that they were truly a unified body of diversity. A unified body of diversity. And this is what the church needs to be in the world today. This is what Jesus has called us to be a unified body of diversity. Unified in our diversity. This is what the world needs to see that this is possible. Whether you're wearing a uniform, whether you're carrying a sign, all right, whether you don't care about any of the stuff that's going on, or whether you got something else that's going on, or whether you got, you know, whatever the case may be. They need to see that there is an equal playing field at the foot of the cross. And if we're going to die on any hill, that hill is for the cause of Jesus Christ. For the cause of Jesus Christ. We really do have something to show the world. And I know you're thinking is it even possible today? Is it even possible today? Check this out. Let me ask you this, man. Can, 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 can we as a species, all right, just can we as a species, can we ever truly walk across the room and love the, other per, the person on the other side who's not sitting on our side of the room? Can we truly, genuinely love the person who's not sitting on our side of the room? Can we as a species kind of make that move? Can we, can we erase the lines that we've drawn to separate those who don't, who don't look like us, who don't talk like us, who don't come from where we come from? Can we just take that line that we've drawn and can we just erase it? I'm talking to the church, man. I'm talking about us right here in the church. All right, can, can we, can we just can we begin this work in here? I'm not talking about going out there. I'm not talking about storming, you know, all these different things that are taking place. I'm talking about getting the work done right here. Internal strength before external focus. That's what I'm talking about. And I know you're looking, is it it even possible? can, Can we celebrate our differences right here as we acknowledge together what makes us human? Can we celebrate our diversity as we acknowledge what commonly makes us human? Can we actually look to our differences as strengths? Rather than weaknesses. Can, can we stop telling people that we'll accept them the way that they are only in the back of our mind, just, you know, with, with, a, with a hidden agenda of just getting them close enough to make them look like us? Can we just stop that? And truly love people right where they're at. Right where they're at. I'm talking about in the church right now. You got that? In the church. This is a big deal, man. This is a big deal. I know you're looking, man, in the world, and you're you're thinking to yourself, man, the the world's just going too crazy right now. And so many of us, we just want to retreat. We just want to get away, (laughs) all right, and just let this all blow over. Let's find our own little Christian bubble that we can hang out in. But Jesus, I'm telling you right now, I got, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that I can go and find a safe place to hide from, from, from the world until he comes back. The fact is right now, this moment, the world needs the church. And I've told you this last week, and I'm going to tell you this a week. I'll tell you this until Jesus comes back. The effectiveness of the church outside highly depends on us getting this right on the inside. You got that? The effectiveness of the church outside highly depends on us getting this right, right here on the inside, right here. You and me. You and me, man. Here's... We look at all this, man. (laughs) We look at all this. Some of you are watching this video and you're saying, Remind me never to sit in the front row ever again. All right? You see how much water flies off my mustache? It's crazy. Anyways, all right. I trimmed it for that purpose. Anyways, I don't know what. I mean, I need to trim a little spot right here so that way it doesn't. Anyways, never mind. So, here's what I know. All right? Again, the effectiveness of the church on the outside, all right, our external focus highly depends on us getting this right, right here today, on the inside, this internal strength. We have an amazing opportunity right now. All right, we have an amazing opportunity. The church has an amazing opportunity right now to create culture and to make history. We have that opportunity right here in front of us to create culture of unified diversity. All right, and make history. Some of you are thinking way too far ahead right now. Stay with me right here, right now. Watch this, all right? Because you say, how in the world is that gonna happen? How in the world is that gonna happen? By being who God created us to be. The night before Christ, well, the night Christ was arrested. We often go back to this night because I think it is a world-changing night. The night Jesus was arrested, before he was arrested, he was hanging out with the boys, right? We talk about this often. And they were hanging out in that room, and they had washed the feed, and they had the supper, and he, he, he preached, you know, love one another as I have loved you, all right, this new commandment I'm giving you. He talked about being the way, the truth, and the life. He talked about being the vine, and you must remain in me, all right, and I must remain in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He talked about the coming and the blessing of, of God's Holy Spirit, how he's going to go and be with the Father, and he's going to send the Spirit to be poured out on men and women of God. He went over that. And then when he was done with all that, as the night was getting ready to just take a turn that was just crazy, he prayed. He prayed with the guys in John chapter 17. An amazing prayer. He began with, Father, the time has come. Glorify the Son that I may glorify you. That's what he said, glory, but bring, give me the glory that you've given me, and it's not for my glory, I want to glorify the Father, hey, that's the, that's the cue we should be taking. And then he started praying for the disciples who were in the room, that crazy team that should not be together, but somehow was together, that, that, that melting pot, all right, if you will, some of you, that's a bad term, but this is when it's a good one, that melting pot, that just, that, well, not not melting pot is a bad word, because that does imply uniformity, that... <clears throat> That, 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 that kettle, all right, that stir fry, all right, how about that one, of unified diversity, of all these different guys in this room. He said this about them. He said this to the Father. He said this in a prayer to them. And later on, he says, look, I'm not just praying for these guys, but I'm praying for the whole church, even that one, that crazy little church in Pine Top." Here's what he said. He says, I'm no longer in the world. He knew he was getting ready to go and be with the Father. He says, I'm no longer in the world, but they, they're in the world. Who are they? The church, the unified body of diversity, all right? They're in the world, all right? He says, I'm coming to you, Father, all right, all right? So Holy Father, keep them in your name. There is our unity. Keep them in your name unified by the name of God, all right, by the name of God, for the purpose of God, for the glory of God, all right, because of the death, burial, and resurrection of our God, our King, our Savior, Jesus Christ. There is our unity. It is not uniformity. It is unity. It is what unifies you and me. It puts us at ground level. You're no better than me. I'm no better than you. The only person I want to be better than than is myself. Tomorrow, I want to be a better me than I was today. If I want to be better than anybody, it's just going to be the dude I keep looking at in the mirror. He says, look, Father, keep them in your name, which you've given me, that they may be one, that they may be one even as we are one, one body. This was his prayer for us. And again, too often this invitation for unity is often mistaken for uniformity. And God calls us to unity, not uniformity. And right now you're probably thinking, what is the difference? What's the difference? All right. What's the difference? Unity celebrates individuality while uniformity dismisses it. Unity celebrates your diversity. Unity celebrates your uniqueness while uniformity dismisses it. All right. We're not, the church does not say we can't use who you are, but we can use who we can make you to be. No, 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 no. Jesus created you uniquely for a reason. Your shape is a unique shape. Your spiritual gifting, your heart, your abilities, your passions in all your experiences, S-H-A-P-E, all of that is unique and belongs. Unified, diversity. Unity is harmony among the diversity. While uniformity implies that all are alike, all are alike, and there is no room for diversity. God calls this church, calls this church, his church, the church across the planet, to be a unified body of diversity. And I can prove it. I can prove it. Look at the word, Romans chapter 12, verse three. Father, it's your word, not ours. Lord God, and that word given by that prayer of Christ, that's your word. Help us, Lord God, to submit underneath your word and stop trying to lord over your word, Lord God, and just be submissive. We just give you the praise. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, after, he's, after the apostle Paul tells us not to be conformed, all right, to the pattern of this world, you remember? Very, 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 very common scripture that we use. We used it just a couple of weeks ago. Don't be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Remember we talked, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, we shared, we shared that transformed living is a product of transformed thinking, transformed being. Right after he says that, he says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, don't think, look at this. We need to look at the word of God right here. This is his word. He says, do not, I say this among, to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think of yourself with sober judgment, you want to compare yourself to anyone, compare yourself to Christ and look in the mirror. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned us. We are unified by our faith. There is unity in the essentials of our faith. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, all right? Grew up, did many miracles, taught many, many things, changed the planet, started time over again, all right? Gave up his life on the cross, was crucified was buried, really was. Really did die. This, this, this God incarnate human being, this God man, no other one before him, never one after him, only one, God's only begotten, only unique son. Remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, his only unique son, that whoever will believe in him shall, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He said, this is what unifies us. Hold on, come here. Hold on. This is what unifies us: that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, died like every, like regular men can die. His was quite a horrible death, but he still died, and he was buried. For one day, another day, and the third day, he got up. He got up. Raised by the power of God, because he's God. He conquered sin, he conquered death, and he gave his life for you and me, and then rose again for you and me, and he paved with his blood our way into the arms of the Father. This is what unifies us. Jesus Christ, who died and rose again to save every one of us from our own sin. This is what unifies us. He's given each of us a measure uh, according to the measure of our faith, sober judgment according to the measure of our faith our, of our faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members. Look at, look, pay attention. This is that internal, internal strength that I'm talking about so we can have external focus, all right? For in one body, all right, we have many members. You know, in other words, here's a body. I got all these members, you know, as imperfect as they may be. All right, we have all these different things, and they do all different stuff. He's, he's comparing us to you know the body of Christ, the, the the unified body of Christ, the diverse body of Christ. All right, there's differences all over the place. He's comparing it to the human body, and it's a great it's a, it's a great compare, it's, it's a great analogy. He says, and the members do not all have the same function, though. So though we are many, so that, I mean, so that, so that we so so that we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Oh my gosh. Man, if the world could see that, could see what that looks like. Right now, it's us against them. It's me against you. It, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's we against they. It, you know, it's constant, you know what I mean? And, and, and then God's trying to say, look, this is possible. All these different pieces, all right? They work together. If you would just stop focusing on yourself and focus on Christ, who brings us together, who unites us together. If we can love first, it'd be be, be amazing. It's world-changing. Jesus changed the world with it. Individually, check out the language. Look at verse five again. So we, though many are one body in Christ, though there are many across the world, individually, diversely, members, united one of another. There's unity in our diversity. and our diversity, there's unity. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 said, God has given the manifestation of his spirit for the common good. Each of us, all right, each member of the body, each part of the church is being given his Holy Spirit, all right, to do the work of the church together, individually, together. Diversely unified Man, the world needs to see this. We have something to show the planet, man. We're on purpose. We're the purpose gifted to give away our gifts. Verse twenty four and B twenty five says this, but but God so composed the God, but God's the one to put the body together. He's the one who puts you in the body. You didn't put yourself in the body. Too often we think that we join a church. All right? No, 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 no. God places you in His church. It's His body, not yours. When you think you joined a church, all right, and now you're there, and it's a good thing you showed up because these people were all messed up, and now that you're there, everything's going to be good. All right. You know, and, and then that, that, you're way off. The scriptures tell us you need to read all of all of First Corinthians chapter 12, and you will understand. God takes you, and he 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 gives you new life. He you know uh, makes you a new creation in Christ, and he places you in His body. Not so you can go in there and tell everybody they need to be what you are or, or think how you think or be or do, or so that you can go in there and say, oh, I just want to be this person. No, so that you can be you and Christ can be himself through you in the body of Christ, connecting one another, individually members of one another. Man, if the world could see this, don't you think it would make such a huge difference? If the world could see us loving first, reaching first, on purpose, with a purpose. What's crazy is 1 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 12 is probably the most divisive chapter in the church. It's telling us to be one, and we have so many churches have split because of their own interpretation of this rather than allowing God to be God and Christ to be king. This is why a big reason why we decided we're just gonna call this place the church. We're just gonna call our gathering, our people the church because that's exactly who we are. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with calling the church of this and the church of that and this church and that such and such church. I have no problem with that, but as far as we're concerned here, we just wanna be part of that big old church because there's only one, right? I mean, according, there's only one church. According to this, there's just one. Well, man, what if we were just crazy enough to just live this out? like this. Look what he says in verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. He's speaking of the body, and what a great analogy. Yesterday, I was very, very hungry. I was driving in Phoenix. It's like 155,000 degrees down there, and I'm burning my guts out. I'm hungry. I want to go into a place that has something, I don't, you know, I don't want to get you know, all, this, you know, all this stuff, and I'm trying to find a good place. I'm starving. My whole body is reacting because I'm hungry. My body is suffering because I have this thing right here that's saying, hey, you know what I mean? I'm freaking out, all right? And so my whole body is crazy. I go to this place, I get some really killer tacos and my body is so happy. My feet are doing, my toes are doing this. My hands are doing this, all right? I'm not sweating anymore. I'm feeling relaxed. Everything, my back is, my whole body joined in the party. If, if, if one member, he says this, if one member of the body, if one part of the body suffers, we should suffer with it. And instead of us going, hey, suck it up, man, what's the matter with you, sissy? All right, you shouldn't be doing that, man. You know, we should cry with that member who's crying. We should suffer with the person who's suffering. Too many times we hide from each other's sufferings when we should be running to one another. How could I pray for you? How could I, what can I help you with? And when one member rejoices, it was party time. That's what he's saying. What if the world saw this, man? The world can learn so much from this right now. He tells us in verse 27, you are the body of Christ. And you're individually members of. Big word, of it. Of. Big word, of. Individually members Of. The effectiveness of the church outside. We want to see the world change. Requires, requires, highly depends on us getting this right on the inside. How can we become internally strong so that we can actually be externally focused? This is our call. This is what we need to do. I think too many times the problem is that we're trying to sell a brand when what people really need are relationships and genuine connection. They need safe people, safe place to be vulnerable and really, really, really loved. You're the safe people. We're the safe place. This is who God has called us to be, but they need to be able to see it in you, in me, in we, for the glory of God. It's a tall order, right? It's a tall order, man. How in the world are we gonna approach this? Well, here's what I want you to do. We gotta start, well, we've already started, but we have to continue somewhere. Some of you today, this is gonna be a first step. Some of you today, this is going to be a continuing step. Some of you today are going to have to run back and get in in step, not in uniform, but in step, in unity. And here's what it requires. I'm telling you right now, we need to begin to pray. We need to begin to pray and ask God to help you look across the room, to help you look across the room. Ask God to help you look across the room. You're part of a much bigger picture. And when I'm talking about the room, I'm, again, I'm talking to the church, all right? And those of you who want to be the church, those of you who are trying to figure out what the church is, those of you who are just kind of looking into this, all right? I'm talking to you. This is not for you to say, hey, you need to watch this. We need to get people. Not, you know, we need to show this to the world. No, 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 no. We need to show this to the church, So the church can become internally strong so that we can be externally focused properly on point with God. We need to pray and ask God to help us walk across the room, to help us see across the room, His room, the body of Christ, and ask God, who have I been ignoring for whatever reason? Who have I been ignoring? And how can I be more unified and stop ignoring because of our diversities, but you be unified in that diversity. We need to begin with prayer. Pray and ask God to help you. And number two, as much as depends on you, Romans chapter 12, live at peace with those that are among you. Number two, you need to erase the lines that you have either created or allowed. Every line in your life that keeps you from people in God's church is a line that you have either created or allowed. You have created it or allowed. There is no existence of any line between you and other people. They didn't just happen. And if they did just happen, they don't just stay there, all right? They don't just stay there without your, you've either created the line and said, nope, I don't want anything to do with those people. Or if you've allowed the line, hey, that line was already there, I'm good with it because you know what? Those people are crazy. I'm talking about in the church. Erase the line that you've either created or that you've allowed. Number one, pray. Ask God to help you see across the room. God. Ask God to help you walk across the room. Number two, make sure you erase those lines that you've created or you allowed. All right? And number three. I'm sorry, we didn't get these up there in time. Be the difference you wanna see. Be the difference you want to see. It's pretty easy. Pray, ask God to help you see across the room, to see the people you're not trying to see right now in the church, all right? Erase the lines that you've either created or you've allowed they're at. Number three, be the difference. This week, this is your job this week, today even, be the difference that you want to see everywhere. Because people will not be the difference you want to see until they see the difference, right, can be possible, the difference can be made, the difference, that this difference can actually happen. I told you last week, all right? Instead of making a point, make a difference. Don't just make a point, make a difference. Right? It's up to us. We have an amazing opportunity right here in front of us as a church to create culture and to make history. Are you going to allow that opportunity to go by Focus, creating culture, internally, internally strengthening the church, making history. All right, by externally focusing that that unified diversity into the world, taking it to the world, and becoming the difference that you want to see. Father, we give you the praise. Give you the honor and we give you the glory in the mighty name of Christ Jesus. There's a lot of work that we really need you to allow you to do right now. Help us, Lord God, to be humble for your glory in Jesus' name.